Howdy, yokes! Welcome back to Bacon and Eggs. I'm Tyler Carlin. And I'm Ethan Edgehill. And today is Monday. And this is Bacon and Eggs. So save a village from the Empire. And consider leaving the child behind. Because today we're bringing you The Mandalorian. This week we're talking about chapter four. It's called Sanctuary. And I didn't know this. I did not realize this the first time around. And I, I did also not realize that I slept through this episode the first time around. Uh, it was directed by Bryce Dallas Howard. Uh, it came out November 29th, 2019, which is 146 days ago, like all of these seem to be lining up as. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, almost like we've been recording for Thursday for the past couple of weeks. Yeah. And it came out, uh, I'm sorry, I got a 92 on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, so I, I slept through part of it last time. There were, I don't, I didn't remember the whole thing. Oh, there have been details from each of these episodes that I've been like, I have never seen this show before right even though i have so uh, let's 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 talk about a few things real quick uh let's talk about directed by bryce dallas howard what a what a victory for bryce dallas (laughs) howard what a a thing like i just i never really look at the credits i'm just usually like at that point i've zoned completely out because there's like a hard cut to the credits every time in the show right and it starts like and i looked up and it was like directed by bryce dallas howard and i was like what what do you mean directed by bryce dallas howard the girl from jurassic world she's also the lead in there's a show that she's in what is the name of emily's been watching it i don't know Uh, she she loves the show she's also also in twilight and black mirror and rocket man and the help uh, she's also ron howard's daughter and she's ron howard's daughter. i feel like that may have been part of why she got the job everybody knows ron howard did such a good job with his critically acclaimed star wars film i don't know whether or not you're joking i'm joking uh it was, it was the opposite of critically acclaimed which star wars movie did ron howard direct solo oh right i forgot about that completely okay <laughs> i was just like I don't know whether or not he's messing with me because I didn't remember if like the prequels had directors that I didn't know about. And Ron Howard definitely wasn't directing the OG movies. He was like a child. No, obviously not. Yeah. The, the prequels were, were George Lucas. Um, did you know Bryce Dallas Howard is only five foot seven? I would have said that she was the tallest woman to ever live. Yeah, I don't like to be like that that kind of guy that makes those kind of comments, but she is much shorter than I was thinking. Yeah, she presents as very tall. Yeah. I would have thought that like her and Gwendolyn Christie could look each other in the eye. How tall is Gwendolyn Christie? Like six foot two. She's Captain mm. Phasma hmm. and a person from Game of Thrones, which you've never watched. No, I have not. Also, I'm learning. I That people like Game of Thrones. So anyway, the Mandalorian chapter four colon sanctuary um i was i wanted to correct myself bryce dallas howard is not in the show that emily's been watching she's been watching good girls and it's christina Hendricks, mm. not bryce dallas howard yeah is that a reasonable thing yeah for i me can to have see mixed that up? definitely okay i don't like watch the show i just see it on okay so i want to get into this bryce dallas howard has put together what is so far my favorite episode of the mandalorian featuring my new favorite character of the mandalorian who is your favorite character cara dune is that the the non that's the other bounty hunter she's not a bounty hunter she's an ex-shock trooper okay and your options when you leave the military in the star wars universe are become a rebel or join the empire so she's like a drifter yeah she's so cool uh, yeah I guess. I don't know. This episode didn't do it for me either time. Really? Yeah. Everybody says this is the best one. And it just doesn't, it doesn't, it's not the most useless episode of this show, but it is, this is the most filler episode that we get. Oh, I disagree. I felt like this is the episode where when I watch it, I'm like, okay, they all feel like filler episodes because they're, how many are there? Eight, nine? How many are? 
there. Yeah, eight. Eight independent sort of quests that are going on here. And the first three are kind of cohesive, but also kind of not. Uh, so I don't know. I, I really liked this one. I, I do feel like it's a good thing because I feel like we get these little, little bite-sized independent quests from episode to episode. And I don't really digest that feeling until I get to this episode where I'm like, okay, so it's just always going to be something a little bit different. And then I feel like at the end of the series, all of these side characters are going to come back in like one master quest. And I know that that's going to happen, but the first time through. That's when I kind of get that feeling. I, don't know. I mean, this episode's cool. It just like, I would not say that this is my favorite. I liked it because it was like, it was such like, a, it was like Skyrim meets uh, Star Wars. But there's this like, or like Lord of the Rings meets Star Wars. There's like herd of orcs that attack, but the orcs also have like an ATST. <laughs> and it's just this little quaint village. And she goes and speaks to the tavern. And he's like, he's like super questy in the tavern keep. is just like, I'm just a friendly person. This is a quaint village. I am an NPC. Right. I'm going to tell you about something. Oh, you put down a bunch of money i'll get that broth right back for you along with mystical alcoholic drink yeah <laughs> i don't know i thought it was fun and, i might and be there's... able to procure this for you if you could get me some skooma what is that from skyrim oh that's what the khajiit always want skooma skooma what do they say so and so has wares khajiit has have... wares if you have coin that's what it is yeah that's what the person says to me when i do the glitch outside um yeah Dawnstar or whatever where you have to like run to the chest and then beat the guy up and then run back to the chest. Yeah. And I'll and like come out of the pause of, menu like, and here. he's always like, Kashit has wares if you have co- <laughs> I love Skyrim. What a great, the problem with Skyrim. You had to say you the word, now. didn't you? You had to like, just that's my next three weeks at this point. No, the, here's the problem with Skyrim is as soon as I load it up, I cannot not cheat. Oh yeah, it's like Sims. And I can't like enjoy the game because I cheat. So I spend all this time like making a gajillion iron daggers and then my character like can't kill anything. Well, that's not, I wouldn't like, call that cheating. They're not cheating, but like... The iron dagger thing is not cheating. The beating the guy up to get money and armor and stuff is, is cheating. Yeah, but it's still like, I don't know. I, I, using using I any kind of glitch to, to like make people restock their uh, well, stores. Well, the iron dagger thing. It's like, I, I want to play the game and... Or I always do conjuration. I really like the conjuration spells. And if you stand near an enemy and just conjure a weapon over and over again, you'll get that up to 100. I did not know that. I don't think I've ever yeah. done conjuration. Oh, yeah. That's got to be gotta be my favorite school of magic. Here's the that thing game. that was like, as as a, I always like to play the, you know this about me, I like to play the... Um, Human fighter. Yeah, the smashy smash to character, which <laughs> yeah. is fine. Like, they're pretty good. But if you want to do anything else, like if you want to be a wizard, if you want to be a ranger or whatever, you literally have to be good at enchanting. Yeah. And it's impossible to get your enchanting up without cheating. Yeah, it's not impossible, but it takes so long. Right, and like, because like, Skyrim's where am I going to find grand soul gems? But that's the thing is like, Skyrim's okay with this now. Like, like if you have it for the Xbox, they just like give you the mod program. Oh yeah, just... yeah, which I which I'm in favor of. I love some of the mods. There's some really great mods for Skyrim, and they make it enjoyable in ways that like lower my desire to want to cheat. Yes, there's also some terrible mods for Skyrim, and I would say ninety percent of mods for Skyrim are make the female npcs wear bikinis for sure it's <laughs> but it's like that's the same way if you go into the app store on your iphone and you search for like any keyword you get like the first two results are good and then the rest of them are absolute garbage right i cannot imagine what the google play store for android is like where the, the like, where there's no regulation everybody's like oh you can make your own apps and i'm like that sounds <laughs> terrible i've played skyrim <laughs> with mods i've seen right. what you people are capable of and it's not good it's, i don't like it i don't, I don't like it, like it. i want apple skyrim, skyrim. Skyrim. <laughs> I the, the other problem I mean, I have it's with Skyrim. Not, it's not like The Sims, though, in that like I can still play it enjoyably. It's not like I log into Skyrim and I'm like, okay, open command, Rosebud, or uh, whatever the mother load, 
and it gives me a million iron daggers. It's like, I still have to go do stuff. Right. You still have to, to get to the point where you can make the iron daggers. Here's the thing, Tyler. I'm going to be brutally honest with you, man. I have been playing, so I pre-ordered Skyrim on November 10th, 2011, the night before it came out, and somehow Amazon had it to me the next morning, which is incredible. Yeah. Uh, and I had never heard of it. I didn't know anything about the Elder Scrolls. Um... But everybody in my hallway in college, we were freshmen in college, we'd just gotten there, it was like November of our freshman year, was like, oh, we're all going to play Skyrim. Everybody move your TVs into this room. We're going to have like seven people playing Skyrim at one time. So I was like, all right, I'll get a copy, whatever. I had no idea what it was. And I've been playing it since that day, and I've never beaten it. You've never beaten it? You never I've never, I've Adeline? never, like, I never bother to go through the actual story. It does not take long. No, I know. That's why I'm like, oh, well, if I, because if you, if you go th and finish the story, it, like, makes some things harder or whatever to do later on. It, it'll, like, ruin things. I think more dragons show up once you beat the story. It's, it's, I mean, and it may be different now. They patched it a hundred times and remastered it. But, like, originally it was like, oh, if you beat the story too early, it's like you can't do all these quests and stuff. There were, so my problem with, and I do want to get back to the Mandalorian. My problem with both Skyrim and Sims is when I play Sims, I'm like, I don't want to cheat. I just want to go to work, make my money, get promoted, do the whole thing. And then I just end up making a boring person who literally has like such a routine of like, wake up, go to work, get promoted in two days. And like, because in Sims, if you don't follow the routine, your people die. Just they don't die. Yes, they do. They'll be Once like, my person gets to a point where they get like three or four days off a week. I literally don't know what to do with those days off. I'm like, I just want you to go back to work and get promoted. Because everything so takes too long in Sims. It's like, oh, I want to make breakfast. That's four hours. Oh, I know. That's driving me crazy. Yeah. And then they got to go back to sleep so they can wake up and go to work. It's like, oh, man, if I want my Sim not to be tired in the morning, I have to send him to bed at 6 p.m. And he gets off at 4. And he gets off at 4, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, and then my problem with Skyrim is... My problem with Skyrim is if I want to make my character, you know, be good in the next fight, I have to send him to bed at 6 p.m. And he got off from the last <laughs> fight at 4. <laughs> Maybe maybe we should do maybe I'll stream some Skyrim sometime soon. I want to stream more. But let's get back to the Mandalorian. Um I really like Cara Dune as a character. I just don't care about her. I just truly don't. This I think this episode for me is too main Star Wars adjacent because the ATST. Yeah, and like the actual Imperials and whatever and just the whole the whole thing feels more like a an actual Star Wars property than the rest of it. See, and sort I, of part I, of the charm for me for of it was like, oh this isn't your normal Star Wars. I guess one of the things I love 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 about Star Wars is the masks and what i think is so interesting is this is the first episode where mando reveals that he has removed the mask and we also see him like take it off in a place where people could see him even though nobody's looking at him yeah uh, and I think that's such a powerful moment. I also think it's interesting that he is like wearing the mask and he reveals that if he takes it off, he never gets to put it back on. And he meets this character who has like already gone through that process, like has removed the shock trooper helmet. Yeah. And has like decided to quote unquote retire early, which is not something that you like even think about. Like, like with Mando, we're getting such a story of like, we know what he's like at his youth. And now we're talking to somebody who has retired from this sort of profession. Right. And but I also we, that it, was it makes so it very clear that they are not the same. They're like, she yes. can put the helmet back on. I don't think she would ever. I don't think she would, but she could. And that's different. I don't think she could because, I mean, I know that, like, she could physically put a helmet back on. But I don't think she could in the sense that, like, even when they go to battle against an ATST, she doesn't wear any sort of headgear to defend herself. No, but she can. She clearly can go back into battle. Yes. If he takes the helmet off, he loses everything that makes him the Mandalorian. He loses his religion, which is yeah. where his, his weapons come from. Right. And that's, so the, you get this moment then of, like, him being like, yeah, that's cool and all, but we are not the same. I do think he thinks about really hanging it up here. Oh, I for mean, sure. I, like, we know watching episode four, the Mandalorian is not going to end being a Mandalorian 
four episodes in. No. It would have either happened in episode one or it will not happen. Or it will not happen, yeah, at least at this season. Uh, I didn't feel like but there's I was always sold that temptation. well enough. There's always that temptation. This is, again, you, you get back to the tropes of where this thing came from. It's like there's always the woman with the ranch, you know, the homesteader. Who just wants you to, you know, wants the cowboy to hang it up. Yes. I, I didn't feel like I was sold well enough on the romance between him and the locals. Yeah, it was a little heavy handed, but I think it worked being heavy handed, I guess. I never would have really thought about it until Cara Dune was like, so you're gonna, you're really gonna go back off to battle and not, you know, settle down with this beautiful, you know, rancher or whatever. And I also and he, think- And that was the first moment where I was like, really? Is that what we're going for here? All right. All right. I was, and then she almost takes his helmet off. Uh, but that's- I do think it's that's interesting. That's Star Wars though. That's the crawl, man. They can just- do that that's true. they do yeah, not they owe you decide. the exposition yeah they have <laughs> made yeah, it they clear don't give it to you at all um i do think it's interesting like i don't think the reason he doesn't hang it up is because he has this religion and he wants to continue to be a bounty hunter i don't think he wants that i think it goes back to what we've been talking about and that he is like a devoted bodyguard or parent essentially to the child and he knows the detail that nobody else knows which is that there are bounty trackers on this child and if he hangs it up then he risks everything for both of them yeah, but though the the thing that really didn't get me is that he thought he was going to be able to get away with leaving the kid there. Oh yeah, I I I felt like immediately I was like, you found the kid on like some remote planet, and so did the IG unit. So obviously people can find people on remote. Planets. I mean, I think that he has decided at this point that they're coming after him and not the child, which is, I mean, he has to have I, that moment of like realization about that. It just seems a little, again, it's a little heavy-handed. Truthfully, in his position, I don't think he would ever think that, but he has to think that because that's how stories work. Right. But they're not coming after him. If he left the child, he could have just... He could have walked away, yeah. Yeah. And he was trying to do the opposite, so that's why he didn't leave him. That's why he would never leave him, is because he realizes that it's not the opposite. They're just going to come after the child and leave him alone. Although, they probably wouldn't leave him alone, and he would lose. I, I think the bounty hunters have a personal vendetta against him at this point. Not necessarily a At least Grief Karga does. Well, and Grief Karga can set bounties, right? Grief Karga seems like he can do whatever he wants, yeah. Yeah, I think, he, I think he'll end up back on Mando's side. I don't remember what happens, though, to be honest with you. I mean, I... Oh, that detail. Oh, jeez, I cannot remember. Yeah, I don't know how that turns out. I know there's a different big bad. Yeah. Which is good. Grief Cargo would make a terrible big bad. Because Carl Weathers is a garbage actor. Yes. And the guy that replaces him is not. Correct. Uh, but I, I really liked everything about this one. I like I the first time through, I was like, this is stupid. I don't care about this. But this second time I, I and again, I think it's because on the second view of anything, you forgive a lot more because you have you have like a certain expectation that's already like the first time you watch it, you have expectations like this is Star Wars. It better be freaking amazing. And the second time you're like, I kind of know what I'm getting. So now I can kind of appreciate the lower stakes of everything here. Yeah, I would not say that this improved on a second viewing for me. Really? Yeah. I just like this episode feels weird to me in the canon of this show. Did the ATST's red eyes bother you? A little bit. That's not what an ATST looks like. But also, like, this is so this is Prisoner of Azkaban, right? Like, this is an entire episode for him to learn two lessons that you probably could have just dropped into some other episode. What two lessons would that be? He has to learn that that he can't leave the child behind and we and have he has to, to learn expecto and we, patronum. And we have to learn about that he has taken the helmet off before. Yes, and that's an we important We have to learn the stakes of him taking the helmet off. But like that conversation could have happened literally anywhere at any time. Yes, they're two small things. Right. You could have would introduced you... Sirius Black alongside a fight with Voldemort. No, cuz then he's Tonks. Tonks is such a stupid No, but he's not though. He's not Tonks. Tonks is introduced badly. Sirius Black is introduced well, but doesn't need his own book. Sirius Black is such an evil name. Yeah, because you have to buy into the fact that he's an evil guy. Yeah, but it's revealed, like, the first chapter that he sh he has the motorcycle. 
And you're obviously not going to not trust somebody Hagrid trusts. Man, I'm going to tell you what. Nobody remembers that on their first read through. Not a single human being has ever put those th two things together on their first read through. And I'm and we're going to get people all over the place in DMs, in Discord and whatever telling me, "I remembered Sirius Black's name immediately as soon as I saw it in Prisoner of Azkaban." You're lying. You're lying <laughs> you to liar. yourself and to me. You are lying. Or if you saw the films first, that doesn't count. Right, like if you read the first chapter of and you remember Hagrid being like, "Oh, let my young motorbike to Sirius Black." Well, the other way around. Whatever. Yeah, got this motorbike for Sirius Black. Whatever. And then you remember him coming up in Prisoner of Azkaban years later, like actual Earth years later, when this book comes out, and you're like, oh, Sirius Black, who the frick is that? I guess he's the new big bad. The promise, here's the issue with the promise of Prisoner of Azkaban when it came out as the third book in the series. The promise is that there are other big bads. And there like aren't. That, that Harry has like a series of villains. But he, right, you're right, he doesn't. He has a series of different versions of Voldemort. He has Quirrell Voldemort. Yeah, Quirrell we got Quirrell Voldemort, we get Diary, Diary Voldemort, Voldemort, we get Sirius Black, and then after that, it's the same Voldemort. Right, it's just Voldemort, Voldemort. For four books. Yeah. A little bit of Barty Crouch Sr. peppered in there. Or Barty Crouch Jr. Uh, yeah, Barty Crouch Jr. would be medium evil. He's pretty evil. He's just... No, he's extremely evil, but he is not BBEG. Right, yeah. He's not the... the he's the mini-boss. But he comes after Voldemort in, in uh, uh, that book. I mean, no, he was already defeated by then. No, he wasn't. They had his number already. Dumbledore no, knew. Harry, I don't think he did. Absolutely. By the time that Harry got back, Dumbledore knew. Maybe. I don't know. What a good book. But I will say, big complaint about this week's episode of The Mandalorian, much like my issue with Prisoner of Azkaban, the movie. Uh, there's a lot of bad acting in this episode. Yeah, those the dudes that come to, like, beg him for help at the beginning. Oh my gosh, it's terrible. We've rode all day. How could we ever make it back? I mean, but that's Star Wars for you. Yeah. Mark Hamill, as Luke Skywalker in New Hope, was a bad actor. Yeah, Harrison Ford was not, but the other two were. Yeah, bad, bad acting from, from old Luke Skywalker. The beginning of that movie when Luke is just, like, complaining the whole time about being a sand urchin. <laughs> a moisture farmer. Uncle Owen! He's gonna go to Tashi Station! I gotta lay away on some power converters. I treat me like a scruffy nerf herder. Yeah, the acting is bad. Also, the innkeeper, whom I love, like, I love the whole, or the, the barkeep. I love that whole scene, but even that's terrible. Where she's like, what did she say? Like, Greetings, traveler! I just thought it was silly. Come in, come in! Warm your boots by my heart. Yes. <laughs> oh, it's uh, a story you seek. Uh, so, you want another story? So, you huh? want another story? Uh, <laughs> Vault Hunters. Oh, that's a game I gotta finish. Borderlands, Borderlands 3. It's so long. That's my complaint with Borderlands 3. It's too long. It's a Borderlands video game. 2 is, Borderlands 2 is digestibly long. I seriously doubt that Borderlands 3 is any longer. Oh, it's way longer. You can get to max level in normal mode. Really? Yeah. Oh, I haven't played in months. I, I uh... When Olivia was first born, she liked the vibrations of the controller. So I would play when she as she fell asleep. Yeah, it came out back when I was still like going somewhere every single weekend. The old days. Yeah, like when I was traveling a lot and going on tour and stuff. And so it was like I'd be gone for a week and a half and then home for three days and have nine podcasts to record. And right. <laughs> no, what I've actually been doing is playing Assassin's Creed from the beginning. Oh, why? Because I love those games. Oh man, I have never liked those games. Oh well, that's weird. I it probably is weird. I know a lot of people really do like them. I've I've been invited to a friend's house to like watch them play Assassin's Creed so many times in my life. There was one time where you were gone for the weekend in college when we lived with Sean. Yep. And I asked Sean if I could borrow his PS3 for the weekend to play Assassin's Creed 3. And I just like knocked it out in like 48 hours and Sean sat right next to me the whole time chilling. Just chilling. Sean's the best. Just chilling. And he was like, 
he would, he would like point out chests and stuff that I would missed and like crap like that. He's like watching the screen for me as my spotter. <laughs> <laughs> we did a lot of solo video gaming when we all lived together. Like it was a very group activity because sometimes I don't know why we didn't understand Twitch then. But sometimes it's it's like nice to have the entertainment on the television, but not have to think about it. Yeah, well, that was, that was actually how I got into the Assassin's Creed franchise is because I watched uh, Hank Green play Assassin's Creed Brotherhood on Hank Games in like 2010. Dang, that's a long time ago. Yeah, it was like before the Swindon Town Poopers. Like before Skyrim, I was in high school watching Toby Turner and Hank and Hank Green play Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. No, I, I always used to be in the single player games though because I didn't have I didn't grow up with siblings or like friends that lived close to me. Right. So like so you didn't I was, play Smash Bros, but you did play Assassin's Creed and Ratchet and Clank. Yeah, like yeah, I have very little. Uh, I never owned the Nintendo systems because those were all like multiplayer games. Yeah. Is all local area focused. Yeah. Not network. Well, this is before networks, really. Yeah. I mean, Assassin's Creed Brotherhood wasn't. That oh, was like, I needed something to land? do. What if instead of playing Assassin's Creed and Borderlands, we played Halo? I mean, we can play Halo. That's fine. Anytime you want. Anytime? I mean, realistically, yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. I have as a lot of we... things going on still, but I, I they're all movable. <laughs> I have work. That's the only thing that's not really movable for me. Yeah. So what did you think of, of Cara Dune as a character? I just don't. Who, I don't care. You're going to keep asking me this over and over again. I don't care if she lives or dies. Congratulations. She's nobody. Oh. What about the towns lady? Also don't care. I, no, I was not sold on anybody in this episode. I don't know why. Although I haven't been sold on anybody except Quill. 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 Whatever. Do he's you remember the, the He's the, the only blue? character other than Mando and the child that have any stake in like wanting them to make it through all this. What about the uh, the blue guy from the beginning of the first episode that I just remembered existed? The guy that like pooped a lot? Yeah. He was like, I'm molting. What about him? He's dead. <laughs> he's not. He's frozen in carbonite. Okay. What about him? I just, I just remembered that character. That's a... I have such a hard time remembering details about this show. I feel like I can tell you all about Breaking Bad, and I haven't watched Breaking Bad in six or seven years, but I cannot remember three because episodes more ago in Mandalorian. happen in every episode of Breaking Bad than happen in eight episodes of The Mandalorian. <laughs> like, I don't by any means not like this show. It is just extremely slow. It is, yeah. The more I watch it, the more I think we would benefit from Deadpool Mando. But, like, this whole season is act one of a like probably two hour movie yes and this whole season is like four hours long correct but not even this four hours long it's it doesn't matter how many how hour how many hours it is it is eight episodes like it is eight separate you know Little quests right it, it's it's because it, it's not an episode there's no tv to be continued on mandalorian episodes it's like you have a whole introduction rising action climax closure in every episode yes and so you don't like that. Is that what I'm to understand? I, I, don't, I don't have any problem with it. It's just, it, it's, it makes it tough for me to like fully invest myself in this show. Okay. I can agree with that point. Like the end of an episode of Stranger Things, I'm like, what is going to happen in the next episode of Stranger Things? It's there's, already playing there's... on my screen and I already want to know. Right. There is no, as far as I'm concerned, there's very little like to be continued that I care about. No, yeah, not at all. It's, it's like the, the story of this season like, the actual story of this season, the big arc, happens over the course of, like, probably 20 minutes total across all eight episodes. Yes. And we are gathering, like, party members. Which is fine. I have no issue with it. I just was not expecting to watch... I was expecting something different, uh, not like space law and order. It's, you know, kind of reminds me of what Doctor Who. I would agree. Where Definitely. you get like a, a little bit of like mostly what you're getting episode to episode throughout the season is a little bit towards the arc. But mostly you're just meeting the next party member. It's exactly like Doctor Who, actually. 
And then at the end of the episode, there'll be a little, you know, view of the crack in this part of the galaxy. Yeah. Except this this episode just didn't drive it forward as much as the rest of them have. And I wouldn't say that any of them have particularly, like, slammed the plot forward in my face. So I guess, the like... The third episode did. Last week did. Yeah, I guess I'm just sitting here... I, I, like, this is a cool episode. Like, it's a neato space battle. Um, And I mean, even, you know, on Late to the Party, sometimes we have whole episodes that are gargoyle battles. It happens. Right. It's, it's more monster of the week than it is like cereal deliciousness correct and there's nothing wrong with that it just doesn't make this episode stand out for me but this one because of that i think this one stood out for me and that none of them matter that much except the pilot and the finale i guess i just didn't get that vibe i got a okay this one act this one really doesn't matter but we've said that every week <laughs> no but like and now that's the thing is that now I think we hit the other direction until we get that one random episode like I said which might be next week it might be the week after it might be the week after that where they spend the whole thing on like an actual side quest with a bunch of different bounty hunters I think I, I, I don't know I'm curious rewatching that if I'm gonna be like this is silence in the library this is a monster of the week episode that I jive with and maybe it will be this is not silence in the library this is not Vincent and the doctor like did you know that silence in the library introduces no it doesn't i was gonna say introduces river song but she meets tenant at some point right yeah in silence in the library i thought that was smith no that's a tenant episode oh you're right. okay then that's yeah. where we introduce river song yeah yeah so it, that has been a long time but that's the same thing i can tell you more about who nine through eleven than i can the mandalorian so this isn't this isn't even silence in the library this is like uh what the frick was that one you know midnight. it's not midnight uh, which one's Midnight? Where uh, it's a Donna episode, I think. Maybe a Martha episode where he goes to that planet that's made of crystal and there's that uh, and, and like takes like a bus tour of this planet and leaves the companion at like a spa and has a, a weird interaction with this like monster that uses people's voices that are like inside the lockdown bus. I remember Midnight. I remember the crystal planet. I don't remember the monster. But that's like, it, it just has absolutely no bearing on anything. It's like, cool. It's a creepy episode that is stuck in my mind, but it, it has no bearing on anything. You know what this isn't? Uh, you said Vincent and the Doctor. Definitely not that. What's the one with Madame de Pompadour? That's my favorite Who episode. I thought your favorite Who episode was uh, the, um, the like father of mine one. The creepy like Fa vampire Family kids. of Blood? Yeah. That might be my favorite. That's a I think that's a two episode part, two parter. I love that one. That's well, a really now good I'm going to have to freaking find this series somehow. <laughs> <laughs> no, truth be told, with, the thing with Who is because uh, I was trying to catch back up to watch the uh, rest of the Capaldi episodes and Netflix pulled it on me like in the middle of a watch through they were just like no more who for you i was on season four and i was like and then it was gone and i was like crap <laughs> like i literally finished an episode and it was like this title is no longer on netflix and i was like what there you go i mean that's you just got to deal with that somewhere out there there's an itunes account that i own that owns seasons like one through seven like digital copies yeah <laughs> but uh I haven't changed my iTunes account since the freshman year of college, and that was the account, and they're no longer there. So I don't know what to tell you. I do know that my original Amazon account has one Audible audiobook downloaded before I like switch to a different one to use a new Audible code. <laughs> and so if I tell like Alexa to play Audible, she plays a Doctor Who story read by David Tennant, and it's the only audiobook in my Audible library. <laughs> okay, here we go. Here we go. Perfect. Problem solved very shortly all 11 seasons of historic bbc doctor who including new episodes to land on hbo max may 27th that's a month and four days away yep is it gonna be doctor who day that's i don't know how to turn doctor who into a monday 
We will be here for a long... Even if we start with Eccleston, we'll be here a long time. Yes, there are a lot of... A lot of garbage episodes, Yeah, a lot too. of garbage episodes. True, true filler episodes. Like, even on a watch-through, there's ones that I skip. Like, a rewatch. Oh, yeah. Where I'm like, I just don't... I don't want to do this. I do remember there was an Eccleston episode, the Are You My Mummy? That was yeah, a good one. Yeah, the gas mask one. Yeah. The gas mask kids. That was a fun one. I know that I skip the one with the sentient fat every time. The like adipose. Yeah, adipose. I don't know. See, this is the problem with the Mandalorian is that I need at least six seasons of it so that I can have so you all can of this. String together enough good episodes. <laughs> it's what I, it's what I uh, what I say about. Um, I was just thinking about this, like, uh, the band Weezer, right? I describe myself as a fan of the band Weezer, even though I would say that they put out more good songs on the Blue Album, which is their first album, than they have since the Blue Album came out. Okay. But, like, you go see Weezer, and those are the songs that you know exactly what they're going to play. Like, if you have listened to any of their catalog, you could pick out the 20 songs they're going to play. And that's what how I feel about Doctor Who. It's like, there's, like, 20 great episodes across that many seasons that I love. I think my problem with Who is I don't care about the Daleks or... Cybermen. I wish they had given the Daleks a name that could be said in American without sounding like an idiot. <laughs> what? How do they say it in European? Dalek? Yeah, they, they say it like, the way they say it in British makes me think it would have an R in it that we would pronounce and they wouldn't. I see. So you think we would have called it like Dalek? So they say like Dalek. And I'm like, to me, that is that is D-A-R-L-E-K. And we would say Dalek. Yeah, Dalek. And it would just be that <laughs> thing that we do. But like, I can't wrap my mouth around the word Dalek. <laughs> without being like, it's a Dalek. A Dalek. A Dalek. I will say the episode where Kara? 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 Clara? Clara. Clara is introduced as a Dalek episode that's very good. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, that was... Where'd you get the milk for the souffles? That's a good one. Everything Smith onward is good. Yeah, because the writing got better. The writing got better. There was a, a huge increase in production value. Yeah. Everything shot got better. Fish fingers and custard. Amy Pond. It was excellent. Oh, it's so good. Like, everybody's like, yeah, Tenet's my favorite doctor. And I'm like, that's cool. I don't care about... It's not about the doctor. It's about the writing. It's about the it's about writing. The yeah. Tenet is great. If Tenet was there during smith's run it would have been fantastic yeah yeah russell davies who was it before Stephen moffat one? yes so russell davies greater than Stephen moffat i think that's what we're it's either that backwards. or it's the other way around yeah this has been a great episode of the monday lorian all about doctor who that's how i feel about this episode that was like it's just a, how what else do you want me to say about a space battle oh man they brought back an atst which is like again it's a little too main series for me if there was like a scout trooper and a speeder bike which i guess we're gonna get that later on but it's like who plays the scout troopers what do you mean in the Mandalorian. It's like there's scout troopers in one episode, the Taika episode, the the finale, and the people playing them are like the greatest, like they're really great comedians. Who is it? Are they? Yeah. I have no idea. Is it like TJ and Dave from the Sonic commercials? <laughs> Did you just say TJ and Dave from the Sonic commercials? <laughs> yeah, TJ Jagodowski and Dave, whatever his name is. No, it is not the people from the Sonic commercials. Oh, they're like pro they're like professional high tier comedians. Okay, no. It they, is they, not. They no. like run Second City. Hold on. Uh, let me grab the final episode. Taika Waititi. I don't know. You said two really good comedians that would play stormtroopers. It's, it's Jason Sudeikis and Adam Pally. It's Jason Sudeikis? Yeah. Who's Adam Pally? Adam Pally uh, uh, is not somebody. He would be a, a stand-up guy that you may be familiar with because his top credits are Iron Man 3 gary the cameraman and he was wade in sonic the hedgehog didn't see it maybe he's a tv guy uh Adam oh i have seen this guy oh he's a dirty grandpa oh yeah but i've i didn't figure you would have seen that i've seen that more than once 
actually. Really? It is it is shockingly good. Really? Yeah. I've watched it, which the- uh, I mean, I, listen, who's who's surprised that Robert De Niro and Zac Efron can put together a pretty good comedy? Me. Zac Efron's terrible. Oh, Zac Efron's great. No, he's not. Oh, I love Zac He's Efron. not a good actor, and he plays in dumb movies like that, but this one was surprisingly good. Like, it seemed like it was going to be terrible and gross and crude, and I mean, it was crude, but it's, it's, it's pretty decent, actually. So really surprisingly so. Huh. It's got 21 mess score. That sounds about right. <laughs> surprisingly, hit surprisingly well for Ethan. Uh, he's going to be Freddy in uh, Scoob. Is he? Yep. That makes sense. Uh, Zach Efron is, not the other guy. Yeah, I figured. But anyway, this is a good episode of The Mandalorian. I've had fun chatting about it with you, Ethan. Yeah, I'm excited for next week when something else happens to our hero. I have no idea. This is where this is where it completely drops off for me. I know Jason Sudeikis is in the finale. Otherwise, I know nothing. Finale is a great episode, for sure. Yeah. Like, that's the thing is you can you can do whatever else, but the, 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 the finale is great. I was going to say, what if the Mandalorian did like Christmas specials like Doctor Who? But I think Star Wars Christmas special, probably not the move. The finale was a Christmas special. For you. What do you mean? It's not about Christmas. What do you mean guess, for me? What, what do you mean it was a Christmas special? It came out like the day after Christmas. Oh, did it? Yeah. I don't remember. No. Yeah. It came out the 27th of December, 2019. Okay. So two days after Christmas. I know. I was. I just realized I had the screen up that told yeah. me that. <laughs> What a fun thing. Anyway, this is a fun episode of The Mandalorian. Do you have anything to, to add, Ethan? I do not. No clue. How do we close how do we close this show? I think we say goodbye. Oh. This is very well, it's a very it's a much more informal show. It is. It's much more informal. There's no hash browns. It's just you and me and a microphone and another microphone. There are still unedited episodes, which will this will hopefully go up maybe tonight. I don't know. Ooh. Ooh. Well, until next week, or actually until Thursday when we review I don't know what. Bye. Bye. <laughs>